I feel like there always has to be this really like upbeat element to a lot of these things that are maybe a little bit darker because yeah. it's easier for for me to metabolize the experiences, especially when yeah. it's just like, you know, eventually it just turns into a story and uh, that, you know, maybe you can can live with. Listening to having a chat on CJRU in Toronto, the show where we take interesting people with interesting tastes in music and talk to them about the music that they love. All right, so in all my time seeing live music, I've never seen a band quite like Montreal's No Bro. Their live show brings a ton of energy, and their music is fast-paced, hard-hitting, and deeply personal. And we're very excited to have Catherine from No Bro with us to chat about some music. This is having a chat. I'm like it, it, I'm really stoked to be chatting with you like the, the seeing you y'all open for uh for Skeggs you know I, I I always like to um sort of go see the opening act and and you guys are a rare instance where you know I love that Skeg gig but I actually enjoyed your set more um <laughs> not not to pump your tires too much but yeah. uh what's a i mean you, you guys have really done like the circuit opening for some some pretty impressive names um what's what's that been like for you and 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 what um you know i i guess the best way to put it is like what what are some lessons that you've learned from uh from some of those bigger bands uh i think that you know we got a long way to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i think that was lesson number one i mean the first tour that we ever did was with fiddler and dilly dally and i mean we'd never played you know in front of that many people consistently every night and just seeing them you know be on point every single day and like give a really good show every single night was just, you know, really inspiring. And we're just like, Holy shit. You know, I don't know. It just like, it blew us. It like blew our minds seeing that, like just how, how much the, like those bands can just keep going and giving it every single night. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's crazy. Um, so you, you guys did, um, or I think it was just, it's just in your bio on your website. You said, uh, we said we would do it one way. And so we made sure that we were always doing it that way. What is that way? I, it's uh, kind of a silly question, but I, it sort of piqued my curiosity. <laughs> I think it's referring to the fact that we have all female members. Um, mm -hmm. Because when I started this band, that was one of the most challenging aspects of it was trying to find female musicians, you know, right. especially guitar players, because I mean, this was like back in 2014 and I feel like we've made some pretty considerable strides in that yeah, time. Sure. I mean, like even walking around, I see all these like young women on skateboards and they're like in these like gnarly skateboard gangs. And I'm, I'm a little older, but I'm not going to tell you my age. And like shit like that. You actually around. told me your age at the horseshoe. So I know. Really? How old you are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to like full disclosure that I think I was really high on shrooms that night. So. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> so I'm sorry if I told you my age and like a lot of other things that I probably shouldn't have been talking about. It's all good. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like how and do do you see that kind of? So something that I noticed, I'm, I'm going to bring it back to sort of a personal experience. Like I, I, I went with, um, with some friends of mine, they were the opening act on the beaches tour and, and a story okay. that I always like to bring up is like every single night you would see like young girls with, you know, like eight, nine years old with like the big earmuffs on their heads and just like, and you, you could almost see like the inspiration in their faces and how just like, yeah. if you have like enough sort of, female rock and roll bands out there it just kind of it, it will almost like self-perpetuate do you like do you feel that sort of you had a similar experience you know opening for any of these acts where you know you, you saw sort of like young women in the crowd who were inspired by you or or even you know spoke to you after the gig and said that to you totally i mean yeah totally that's happened happened quite a bit and it's actually really cool because like when I was younger, I really gravitated and was attracted to women who played in bands and like who were very aggressive and and fierce. And I don't know, when I was like a little kid being, becoming a woman didn't really seem that interesting or exciting. I was just like, oh, you just have to, you know, wear stupid clothes and like get a husband and stuff. And then when you see like, you know, my earliest memories of really like having my my expectations just shattered. We're seeing like, you know, Joan Jett or like, you know, Susie Quattro and all that kind of stuff. And just, they made, they, they made, they made seeming, how do I phrase this? They, they made becoming an adult woman seem very exciting, you know? And so that was kind of what I always wanted to do, which is kind of, you know, kind of, capture that energy that you have when you're a kid about something like that and interesting and interestingly enough we went on tour with the distillers and Brody Mm -hmm. doll is like a huge influence like when I became a teenager I don't know she just like totally rocked my world I like Mm -hmm. you know cut my hair dyed it black got a leather got a leather coat and because I wanted to be like her and then when we went touring with her and it was the last show we ended up just like all hanging out and I was like in tears because I try to express like my gratitude for her career and just who she is. And, and it was like one of the most special moments that I'll treasure forever. <laughs> in my yeah, whole life. No doubt. yeah. So what are, what are some other perhaps like, um, you know, other than Joan Jett and Susie Quattro, who are some other sort of, you know, for people who may be, be looking for someone to look up to, um, what are some other uh, sort of sources of inspiration? Uh, a big one for me, especially the way that I sing is probably Jennifer Harema. She played in an alternative rock band from the 90s that was part of like the whole Discord scene in like Washington, right. DC. And she was just like, I don't know, she's just like the most badass chick out there. And I don't want I don't know how else to describe her. She's just like this crazy, like witchy looking woman. And we ended up getting to play with her band, the Royal like Royal Trucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I, it was just like so unreal. And you know, she's not like your typical. Like her voice is so interesting, and the way that she, like the way that how she, I don't know how she expresses herself is just like it's so unique and it's so her. And I don't know, she's just a legend. She's just a right. legend. 
Yeah. yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, so we're going to get into your, uh, into the songs that we're going to listen to and we're going to kick things off with one of your tunes. Um, okay. we're going to, we're going to listen to, uh, don't want to talk about it. Um, okay. Like not to be cheesy, but I hope you do want to talk about it. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> what can you, uh, what can you tell us about this tune? Uh, so this one is a very special one. Do you know the band Mets? You know Mets? Yeah. Yeah. So this one was written with Alex Edkins from the Mets. Right. And uh, last year when we started talking to Dynalone, they just reached out to this producer and then he got back to me and he was like, hey, have you, have you ever been interested in trying to like co-write songs with different people? And I was right. like, whoa, I, I don't know. It's so weird because I, I'm a really collaborative person. And mm -hmm. I just like jumped at the opportunity to write a song with Alex just because I love the Mets. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, I was so nervous. And then I went to Toronto and I was just like freaking out. I was like so hot and like sweating. And he started playing that opening riff. And I was just, and you know, our producer was on the drums. And then I was just trying to come up with like a melody and I could just feel myself choking up because I was so nervous. And I was like, okay, you just have to do it. You just have to commit to just trying to get something out. And it's really hard to not feel so insecure in those moments. Right. Um, but yeah, and then we came up with the song and it was just so much fun. And I'm, it's like one of my favorite songs that I've ever been a part of. So yeah. Yeah. So what do you, what do you do to kind of let that guard down just to, to kind of allow yourself to just open up and kind of let that, let that music flow, especially when there's someone who's kind of, you know, a bit nerve wracking in the room with you. I just feel like, I don't know, you really gotta, you, I, for me anyways, maybe this is kind of like a self-defeating attitude, but I'm always just like, it doesn't matter, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't have to really be beholden to anyone. I'm not like the greatest singer or songwriter and the expectations for me are so low at this point. So it's right. like anything is better than nothing. So you might as well, you have nothing to lose by just trying something. So that's kind of how I approach it. Yeah, no doubt. All right, well, let's give it a listen. This is Don't Want to Talk About It by No Bro on CJRU.
anyway, all right, let's uh, let's get into uh, let's get into your song picks. We've got uh, a classic rock and roll band out of the UK. We've got the Kinks with Big Sky. What do you like about the Kinks? Uh, okay, so I'm probably gonna be in the. Um, uh, okay, so maybe I'm gonna say something that's a little unsavory, but I love the Kinks, and I just think they're such fantastic songwriters. And I don't know, I. I listen to them more than the Beatles. Like I go back and listen to the Kinks songs more than I do the Beatles. Maybe that's unpopular, but that's just the way that I feel. Um, yeah, I don't know. Ever since I got into like really, really started diving into to music, the Kinks have always been one of my favorite bands just to have on regular rotation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember like one of the, when I first learned how to play guitar, um, Lola was you know, one of the, one of the first tunes I ever learned how to play. Um, what is it that you, that you like about them more than the Beatles? Like that, that is kind of a surprising thing to hear. I'm not sure that I've ever heard anyone say that, but what is it that they have that the Beatles don't? I mean, it's not that they don't have anything more than Beatles. My boyfriend thinks that I'm just a contrarian and will just do something that is like different <laughs> than other people. But I don't know. I think by, you know, if I just listen if I go song by song, the ones that I seem to re-listen to more than others are the Kinks. It's it's always, for me, it's always like a Kinks song, you know? However, I will say this. I really, really love John Lennon's Plastic Ono Band album. Right. I feel like that's one of the best records ever made. And uh, All Things Must Pass, George Harrison, is like a fantastic record. I mean, they're all really, really good, but the songs that I just seem to listen to more often are kinks ones i don't yeah. know that's just me though that's just me no and to be clear i'm not hating i'm just i'm just really <laughs> curious because like i said yeah. you know music is so subjective you're you're entitled to whatever opinions you have i'm just that, that's so interesting i've never heard that before but um you know let's give it a listen then this is the kink with big sky you up at the big sky. Everybody's pushing one another around. Big sky feels sad when you see the children scream and cry. But the big sky too big to let it get him down. Down on all the people who think they got problems. 
They get depressed and they hold their heads in their hands and they cry. People lift up their hands and they look up to the big sky. But the big sky is too big to sympathize. The big sky is too hard to get Um, so next up, we, we do like a little, um, like lightning round of questions. Um, I, uh, like don't, don't think too hard about them. Just kind of, you know, fire them off. Um, so the first one is where'd you grow up? Uh, Pinocchio, Alberta. Sweet. Um, first, (laughs) I mean, is it sweet? I don't know. No. (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) Um, first concert. Ricky Martin with my mom. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, first album. First album. I guess the first album like that I remember getting. Oh, Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. Beautiful. Sweet. Yeah. Um, guilty pleasure artist. Oh my God. What is my guilty pleasure artist? What have I been listening to that is embarrassing? That I don't want anyone to know about. And you're about to tell people about. That's really hard. That's really hard. I, maybe like Bruce Springsteen. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's, cool. go with, let's go with Bruce Spring, Springsteen. All right. Love it. Um, and we've already kind of, in a way, touched on this, but uh, Beatles or Stones? Oh, my God. Well, okay. This is really hard for me because I have like a really – um, strong association to the Rolling Stones just because I used to party a lot. Mm-hmm. So, and they, that brings up really good memories. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say the Stones. Yeah. You're going to come out of this looking like quite the Beatles hater. Um, I'm not, I'm, but I'm so not. I'm so not. I'm so not. <laughs> no, it's all good. We won't hold it against you. Thanks for answering those. Um, it's just fun for folks to get a little bit of context as to, sort of where you're coming from. Um, so next one is uh, Erasmo Carlos. How'd you find out about this guy? Uh, just from work, actually. <laughs> Which is yeah. Funny. yeah, there was just some random playlist on and I was like, oh, this is sick. And then, yeah, I just started listening to him. And I was like, I don't know, the Brazilians are into like some pretty crazy psychedelic rock. And especially in the 60s, I forget what, it, what the album that I used to listen to a lot was. There was this band... It's just like not coming to me. This was also like 10 years ago mm-hmm. that I, it was like, I don't know. They just did all these covers of all these American songs. And there was a lead singer who was a woman and she, she clearly did not speak English. And so a lot of the words were just kind of like what she thought they sounded like. Right. I wish I remember, but the cover that they did that was really, really cool was uh, uh, Rollin' and Tumblin'. 
and okay. they just put their like psychedelic rock spin on it and it was just super super cool they're super cool yeah. and you and you see um this guy is having a sort of similar kind of psychedelic twist yeah yeah, yeah. sweet all right well let's give it a listen then uh this is erasmo carlos on cgru All 
All right. So next up is uh, is Junior Mesa with Losing My Grip. Uh, what do you like about this tune? Uh, it's just really fun. And I like his vibe a lot. He's this younger guy from Bakersfield, California, and he's like a mm. multi-instrumentalist and he's uh, all self-produced, I believe. And I don't know. He's just like really exciting. He's just really exciting. I mean, if this is just like a tip of what he's capable of doing, like I'm really, really right. excited to hear what he's so doing. So what's something that you look for? Like, you know, if, if I were to sort of, you know, play you a bunch of songs that you've never heard before, like what's something in, in a song that would sort of pique your interest, that would make you sort of excited to hear, you know, what else that artist has going on? Uh, okay. That's, that's hard. That's a hard question. I kind of, I listen to all kinds of music. Like I love, love, love searching for music and just finding new ways of enjoying it as well. Just, um, but a thing that the first thing that really draws me in, I guess, is a person's voice. I feel like it needs to have character. Um, I don't know. And also I love, obviously like I love riffs. So a, mm-hmm. a song with like a really good riff, I'm just like a sucker for, uh, and also someone's ability to tell story, you know, yeah. I'm really into that too. Yeah. Sweet. All right. So, uh, with that, this is junior Mesa with losing my grip on CJRU.
All right, next up is uh, is Backwash with Freaks. Uh, what do you like about this tune? It's just like sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's just like heavy and like awesome. And I feel like it really kind of captures, you know, the artist's energy to a T, you know, it just kind of feels really representative of, you know, who they are. And it's just kind of like, I don't know, it's just like badass. It just feels really yeah. badass. And you feel badass listening to it as well. Yeah. So you really get inside their mind and yeah yeah so i mean it seems like you know backwash was nominated for or shortlisted for the polaris prize that seems to be kind of like a gold standard of like musical achievement in in canada what are you know what's and it it sort of leads me to this idea of like what what it means to like make it as a musician so like what what's something like you know is it an award an accolade a gig like what would it take for you to kind of feel like you've kind of made your stamp on uh on music on on you know canada or wherever i don't know you know i have like such a nasty case of imposter syndrome all the time right so i don't i don't really know i mean my parents decided this year that they were okay with me pursuing this alternative lifestyle (laughs) and when we were opening up for alexis on fire and the distillers, you know, we had to go through Calgary and that's where my parents live right now. And right. they came to see us play at the Saddle Dome. And yeah. so it was like a legitimate place and they got to see that, you know, people come to the shows and, and, <laughs> and my mom, <laughs> I think she was more impressed with the catering. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what it would take for me to, to, to think that I've, made it i don't know i i feel like that's for for me and my therapist to i have no idea man i'm chronically unsatisfied oh i feel right. like that's just how it's gonna be yeah i think that's that's very much like the nature of it like even uh, you know you could you could sell out wembley stadium and then you'd be like all right well i want to sell out two nights and then i'll have made it and then you know it's just you, you keep building i think like that that's kind of at least in my experience that's like the mark of the bands that will ultimately be successful is that kind of nothing is ever enough yeah it's kind of i was listening to this do you listen to the broken uh broken record podcast it's with uh, no. rick rubin it's awesome he goes oh, and i love rick rubin yeah he goes and interviews like you know various artists and one of him one of them was uh andre 3000 from outcast right 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 and he hasn't made music in a very long time because he was just explaining like he just can't right now you know Mm -hmm. he doesn't he was talking about when you're in the process of creating something and you want to get seen or known you know you're pushing so hard and you're like pushing yourself and you're doing things that are outside the box because you're just so desperate. And he was saying like how precious that time is. Mm -hmm. And I think that I think I believe in that as well. It's just like, you need to maintain this level of unawareness, you know, Mm -hmm. like the minute you become self-aware, it's like, it's, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to be there. I don't want to get there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Fair enough. All right, well, this is Backwash with Freaks on CJRU. Every time Fuji drop a beat, they be like, hey, this shit is weird. 
man, you know the deal. Can't do it with the motherfucking queers. Man, this shit is weird. This shit is weird. You know the deal. Can't do it with the motherfucking queers. Man, this shit is weird. When I was young, my mama gave me these shoes. They were girl shoes. She told me that they were cool. She told me that they were new. I was laughed out my math class, but breaking news. I am way more stronger, way more younger, more gay, and way more colder. I should call my mama up just to let her know. the happiest day of my life. I grew up to be a lady, panty wearing, hairy, tranny, fairy, envy, hairy, berry, fatty, staring. Chelsea Manny, no rapping clearly. I'll pack a semi for any man with a hazard that's game me plan, and I don't give a fuck what the segment of the show and we are going to listen to uh, a few songs off of red mass with uh, red mass's album hopeless noise rather um what do you uh what do you like about red mass and uh, and what do you like about this album um i well i've always been a really like i know uh roy and hannah and i've always been a big fan of whatever they do because they're just incredible musicians and artists and this last album that they put out was a really big collaborative album with different kinds of like guest vocalists and stuff like that so i just thought it was really neat just getting a bunch of super awesome talented people together and they've always like lived in this kind of like garage rock world but they throw in so many different kinds of elements and they're very experimental so Mm -hmm. yeah they're just awesome. <laughs> so that that description reminds me, like in in many ways, of of how people like I have how I've heard people describing No Bro, like just okay. in, in the sense that you know you're 
you know, you're sort of a, a punk rock band or a rock and roll band, but then there's also like congas and, and just like the emphasis on percussion is so high. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like what, what, like how do you sort of approach genre? Like, you know, what, what, what do you define your genre as and sort of how do you like within that definition, you know, stop yourself from getting kind of too caught up in it? Uh, that's a good question. I don't, no, it always feels like one big accident happening after another big accident. <laughs> you right. Like even the, you know, percussion was a total accident because Lazan, when she um, was joining the band, she originally just came in to play keyboards. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a second. I remembered that she had mentioned that she had gone to school to learn how to play percussion. I was right. like, do you play bongos? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, you know, let's get some bongos going. Yeah. And then that's how it happened. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the band, like Sarah is the drummer and Caro is the uh, guitar player. They're such versatile musicians. And that's yeah. another part of music that they really love doing is playing funk music funk and like reggae and they have all this mm -hmm. like you know knowledge about it and so yeah I don't know it was just weird we all have like the attitude of like punk rockers but we I feel like we just love music so much and so it just gets brought into the conversation and it's just really fun yeah you're not gonna let it like kind of hold you down I mean I, I love the uh the video um of her just doing the the tambourine like yeah. that, that whole like thing on your Instagram, that was like the coolest thing. And I, and I even remember just like when I, when I first saw you guys at the horseshoe, just being blown away by, by the percussion thing. Like, it's so cool. Like, it, it, and like, you know, it's the last thing that you expect in the opening act of the Skeg show. And it just, uh, it completely, uh, completely blew me away. What can you, what can you tell Cause these guys are from Montreal. What can you tell us about sort of the, you know, I'm always interested in talking to people from different cities about sort of the state of rock and roll in their city. What can you tell us about the sort of punk rock scene in Montreal? Uh, it's, you know, I've lived here for 10 years and I've been making music for uh, like eight, I want to say now or something like huh. that. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's where I really learn every, like everything, like just it, I don't know. It's so, it's so interesting because we live in a city here where like people can really explore what they want to do because it's a lot cheaper to yeah, live here. For sure. And I feel like it's really focused on that as well. It's like, you know, widely accepted that maybe you just won't have a career, or, like make a lot of money. And stuff. Right. So I think that's really a cool part of living here and making music. And I would say that, like, the rock scene is pretty healthy. It's pretty yeah. healthy. It's pretty, like, robust. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Well, let's, uh, let's check out this album, then. This is Red Mass with Hopeless Noise on CJRU. I'm 
doesn't hurt as much the second time. Do it again, it doesn't hurt as much the third time. Do it again, it doesn't hurt as much the fourth time. Do it again for me. It's an urban legend. I'm a centaur, it's such a drag to the last in line. It's a lucky charm. I'm a victim, it's a mistake. Yeah, I've been framed. I'm an obsession, I'm so ashamed. One trick pony, it's a dark day. A cry for help, it's a rip off. No sympathy, staring into the sun. First time's a bitch. All right, so we're almost done, um, and we're uh, we're just going to end with uh, with "Don't Die." Okay. Uh, and uh, this tune is like for sure my favorite off the the new EP. Um, just like the chorus gets me every time. It's, it's like a big, just kind of stomping tune. Um, mm-hmm. And 
you know, I was, I was in Montreal last weekend actually. And I was talking to my friend who I met you with the, the guy with the big hair and, and he was just talking so much about the music video for it. The, uh, oh, yeah. like the, the cartoon kind of Looney Tunes esque. um, where, where did that come from? Okay. So this is actually a really interesting story. So the cartoonist, um, and the artist, sorry, an animator, Greg Doble, Doble, Doble. Anyways, mm-hmm. he and I actually went to high school together, although we never no met in high school. I, okay. So full disclosure, I went to like four high schools. And so okay. the, the high school that we both went to was my very last high school. I graduated from that high school and I didn't know anybody. I didn't know. I didn't even know my principal the day I graduated. I was like, oh, that's the principal of the school? And she looked, she looked like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. And I just feel like back in those days, I was pretty in, like just uh, anonymous. Like I didn't really stick out or anything. I didn't have any friends. Anyways, fast forward a bunch of years. I'm working at a bar and he would come in and he was like, a, he lived around the corner. So he'd come in quite often. And then we got to talking and we realized that we'd gone to the same high school together. And then he was like, Oh, I'm like an animator and I do all this stuff. And he showed me his work and I was like super blown away. Right. And then we talked about working on a project, but you know, fast forward like four years and it finally came full circle. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was so, so exciting. He just like knocked it out of the park. He's so good. It's crazy. Yeah. No. So I, and it, and it compliments, the the videos or rather the songs so well like j- just the way that you guys are all kind of you know walking in sync to, but kind of like stomping as well like the cartoon characters is so sick um yeah. i'm always interested in in sort of very sad songs that that almost don't sound like sad songs you know it, it's very upbeat it's 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 got kind of a pump up vibe to it almost if you want to yeah. call it that so i mean like what what brings you to sort of decide, okay, yes, this is, you know, in terms of the content, this is something that's, that's serious and deep and upsetting. Um, but what, what makes you decide like, okay, but I'm going to sort of write this song as a happy song, or I'm going to write this song as a sort of stomping along song, or I'm going to write this song as a slow song, sort of like, how do you decide what the song actually sounds like based on the content of the lyrics? Uh, I don't, that's really hard. I feel like they, they kind of just like take their own shape as it's happening, you know? Right. I, and I don't, I, like, I'm not really like a sad song, songstress <laughs> person, you know? Like, I don't know. I'm always, I'm always laughing. And I feel like if I ever stop laughing, I'll just immediately start crying, you know? Right. So I feel like there always has to be this really like upbeat element to a lot of these things that are, maybe a little bit darker because yeah. it's easier for for me to metabolize the experiences especially when it's yeah. just like you know eventually it just turns into a story and uh that you know maybe you can can live with and the more that you kind of feel comfortable just i don't know it's it's weird i mean tr- trauma and 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 uh, depression and all those things work in such mysterious ways and mm-hmm. i feel like it's based on the individual to sort out and for some really strange reason mine comes out like that so yeah and well, it's also like yeah playing music well, with sorry, the girls. i was just also playing music with the girls are just so much fun to be around i couldn't think of like 
you know, writing music or us writing music together in a room and it being like very kind of melancholy, you know, we mm -hmm. just get so stoked on each other. So. Yeah. I was going to say like, I, I can't really imagine you guys like putting out, you know, a sort of moody ballad, you know, that just, just doesn't really seem to be your, your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so um, with that, we're going to listen to it. But, uh, but before we wrap up, I always like to give our guests just an opportunity to sort of plug anything that you've got going on. Um, can't imagine you have any gigs at the moment, but, uh, but what can you tell the people about uh, where they can check you out, what they can check out and uh, you know, a little something about Nobro. Um, well, you can go to the internet, <laughs> find us on there. If you want to listen to some music and right now we're writing, so mm -hmm. that's really exciting. And I feel like with everything that's going on, it's going to be okay. We're just going to writing scams and hopefully you can hear it soon. You know, maybe yeah. we, we hope so. Alrighty. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much to Catherine from Nobro for joining us. As always, full episodes of this show are available wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And this is No Bro with Don't Die on CJRU.